Beneath the clothes, we find a man. And beneath the man, we find his nucleus. Hello, everybody, and welcome to a Hispanard on the go edition. I got to throw these out every once in a while because sometimes I just don't have time or sometimes I don't even have the motivation to do my podcast on the day that I have set for myself. But boy, am I motivated now. I got a chance to sit down with the Grazy Boys from Grazy World Podcast, producer Chris and my brother Gray. And we got a chance to talk about a bunch of different uh, fun things. One of the things that we landed on was a mini rant about Disney. And I want to continue that rant. This is one of the things that has me fired up. As is my usual morning ritual. Which, by the way, I should tell you right now, full confession and actual accountability for myself. I should probably get up and read the good word uh, in the morning. It will be better for my health, my mental health, <laughs> as opposed to uh, opening, uh, firing up Twitter and <laughs> checking to see what's going on. <laughs> Always the bad idea. But uh, yeah, that's something for the future, something I will start incorporating in my morning ritual as opposed to <laughs> what I'm currently doing. Um, there are a lot of Disney apologists out there. And if you don't know what apologist means, do yourself a favor, go look up the definition, just in case I give you the wrong definition right now. But basically, from my uh, understanding of it, it is someone that will go to the mat for you, that will uh, defend you through argument is what an apologist is and an apologist is someone that also is um whether the the corporation or the individual or the church knows it or not uh someone out there is defending them against you know either bad ideas or bad uh conversation or or misunderstanding so <clears throat> with that in mind there are a lot of people that are extremely invested in Disney and are natural apologists for the company. And it completely makes sense because we are team-oriented creatures. We love to be in tribes. We are designed, in my opinion, by God. And you're, you know, if you're listening to this, it might be, in your opinion, through nature and science or Thor or, you know, some other thing. But whatever that thing might be, the simple fact is humans are naturally tribal. You get your dander up when you hear somebody speak negatively about something within your circle of your tribe. In this case, Disney. There are so many people out there that are 
willing to gaslight, willing to lie, which is basically the same thing, but gaslighting is more creative in the way that the lying is done, about Disney's success. Rather than looking at the cold, hard realities of what's happening with a company. Now, again, full disclosure, I think uh, most everybody that listens to this podcast knows that I am what's called a cast member. I've been working at Disney for Disney for 13 years, give or take. Uh, You know, there was a slight interruption there with COVID. I did get let go. And then the company brought me back to do one of the things that I love, which is to draw. You know, I sit there and I draw for people and it's one of my favorite things to do. And I get to draw Disney, classic Disney characters. That's even better. You know, it's uh, peanut butter and jelly, chocolate and peanut butter. It's two great things that go great together. I have a massive love for uh, Disney as a as an idea and as the original uh, concept of what the company you know was created for. So, lest you think that I am a hater from the inside, I am not. I actually really, really like the company. I really like why Walt created it, what Walt's vision for it was you know, it's intended, um, reason for existence. And I love the creativity. I love the history of it. I love the nostalgia of it. I mean, literally Disney has become synonymous with America. It is an American institution. And I think one that we should honestly all be proud of, regardless of who's running it at the time, because the people that are running it might not be ideologically aligned with the originator, the creator of it. And there's a lot to say about that, too. A lot of people have a lot of smack to talk about Walt and where he landed on the political spectrum and what he his personal beliefs were. I can't speak to any of that. And honestly, I, I heard on a podcast a really great um not definition, but a really great perspective that our desire to judge people in history in the past based on our current morals and ethics is probably one of the stupidest things that you can do. That doesn't mean that you don't call out evil. That's not what this person was saying. That's not what I'm saying. Evil is evil in any era, any generation, any uh, system or country. If, if you see evil, evil is evil, right? It's not that it's rather the decisions that people were making based on how well informed they were at that given time to judge people on their lack of understanding, to judge people on their, uh, lack of, uh, knowledge is completely silly. You can judge someone on their actions 100%. And there are universal truths that we've known for a long time. Enslaving someone, abusing someone, killing someone, stealing from someone. You know, these things are things that we have known for a long, long time. So if you want to judge individuals in history pertaining to that, and you want to point out their faults, you know, in in those regards, I totally agree. If you want to base an individual's actions 
off of what they were able to work with within the period of the time that they lived in, meaning, you know, prejudice and, and views on, on sex and views on uh, relationships and views on, you know, whatever the orthodoxy was at the time. That's, <clears throat> I'm sorry, you're going to have to get a little more nuanced with that one. And you're going to have to really dig in deep rather than just make blanket statements. But that aside, the, like I said, the company and what it was created for and what it has stood for and the joy that it has brought literally millions of people across the world since its creation. I love that company. I love that it exists. I love that it is Americana. Um, I think it's, it's a great addition to the world. So going back to the apologists, the people that are defending it, you know, to the bitter end, there's a lot of things that are happening right now there that are indefensible from, you know, the way that the company is actually being run financially to the way the company is being run creatively to the decisions that are being made and uh, in regards to people's concerns and those being set aside, like, for example, the shareholders, which I happen to be one of those as well. So, you know, I get to be part of the pool of the people that help to decide who's going to be the next board member, what financial decisions, what transparency decisions will be made about the company in the future. And I got to tell you, from that point of view, I am extremely disappointed with the company. We just had a shareholder meeting. I would recommend going to listen to the entire thing. It's actually pretty brutal. There's a lot of common sense people that get to call in and talk and challenge the board and Iger about the direction of where the company is going. And it's brutal in the reality and truth of what they bring, but it's also brutal in the fact that the board and Iger just sidestepped those concerns and they are going to continue full steam with the agenda that they've uh, put in place. And that agenda is not a positive one for individuals at work and for the company as a whole and for society. You know, <clears throat> when you're a company and you, your job is to make widgets and you start to uh, change the nature of what you do to include social engineering, that can have some serious problems and long-lasting ramifications. And we're seeing that as a whole. You know, people uh, rightly coined the term capture. A lot of institutions uh, or, you know, all basically at this point, all institutions, all companies, all churches, you know, schools, everything ha has a degree of capture now that has uh, come to life within those places. And capture is people that have a specific political and philosophical agenda that they feel is right and above all others. And they personally feel that it is their mission to make sure that those agendas and those philosophies 
are set in place because ultimately they will make society better. In that regard, I think I've said this before and I'll say it again. Anybody that holds that position, I understand where they're coming from. I completely um, sympathize with that position and that frame of thinking. The problem is, is what's actually being set in place. Is it good for the health of society? Is it good for the health of the individual? Is it good for the, uh, the people that are, that are doing it? Absolutely not. Anytime you have to do, you have to implement something in secret, it's, it's not good for your soul. And this is ultimately what's happened. A lot of people have gotten into high-powered positions that have these agendas and they believe all these things will make society better without actual any actual scientific um, numbers backing that up or proving that. You know, it's the concept of, well, communism hasn't been done right. That's the problem with communism is that nobody's implemented it correctly. Well, we do have at least 50 years of data of people that have attempted to institute uh, that philosophy and, and that, uh, you know, religious slash political uh, state of being into the world and it it can't seem to work out it, it it looks like it is so flawed and so badly you know bad of a system that ultimately it's it ends up being a, a destructive force to the societies and the countries that implement it but we'll hear over and over again you know it just hasn't been done right there is this concept of a utopian Star Trek style of life that we're, you know, that we should be moving towards where all the essentials are free. You, you see this all the time, you know, the essentials have to be free. Well, what are the essentials? The essentials are, uh, food, um, housing and medical. And if these things are all free, then everything will be good with society and we will be on the right track. And that's actually, you know, time and time again, uh, the data proves otherwise. Assistance uh, is a different thing. Uh, uh, there are certain types of assistance that seem to have seemed to work really well um, at the government level is the one that I pretty much disagree with. Not to say that it hasn't functioned, uh, you know, in some capacity, but I do see this a lot with uh, uh, nonprofit organizations and churches, for example. They, they, one of their sole things is to provide assistance for people who are have fallen on hard times and are unable to take care of themselves, and this seems to create a a closer community you know, for, uh, for people that are getting the assistance, for people that are giving the assistance. Um, and, and in this regard, it's all, you know, it comes from generosity of the individual that is willing to give up their, their hard earned money in support of these things. It, you know, it, as far as that goes, yeah, I can see how, how that will work. But anyway, I'm going far afield to getting back to Disney and to my prediction. Basically, this is the a prediction podcast. I wanted to put this on uh, record and I hope that in six months I'm wrong or in a year I'm wrong. That would be awesome. Actually, 
I don't think uh, I, I don't think I, I say this very often that I would like to be wrong. You know, I'm actually a very strong-willed, hard-headed person who likes being right. But in this regard, if I'm wrong, uh, that would actually be great for everybody. But there's a couple of things that I predict. Uh, there's a lot of wishful rumor thinking out there that Disney's going to sell off pieces of itself in order to survive. I thought that was uh, ludicrous, not the rapper, at first. But now I can definitely see Disney getting rid of ESPN, National Geographics, and Hulu. I think people's wishful thinking that Disney would sell off Lucasfilm, Marvel, yeah, that's just not going to happen. Uh, it, it, they're, they're two, those brands, that IP is now such a fundamental foundational part of the attraction side, the parks that, uh, literally everybody on the board and Iger would have to get some kind of insanity mind virus to be willing to let those things go. Because at the end of the day, whatever you might think about the state of Marvel and the state of Lucasfilm, Star Wars, from the movie, you know, from the entertainment side of things, it is without a doubt still a money-making machine when it comes to the uh, hardline and uh, consumer product side of things. And also they continue to make money off of the, you know, off of the legacy media part of it where people are still buying blu-rays and and uh still purchasing downloads and in some cases it's whenever you see something go away on one of the streaming services it reinforces people's ideas to go back and purchase physical copies so that the thing that you have can't actually be taken away from you so yeah when it comes to that i just uh, i don't see it but the other three that I described, I can definitely see it. I can also see something else happening, which I think would be a huge loss to the company. And we wouldn't see the ramifications of it for uh, years still. But I can see either Pixar or Disney Animation, one of the two absorbing the other and both being under one banner. So Pixar getting absorbed into Disney Animation and then there is no more Pixar or vice versa. I think this would be a huge, huge mistake. You know, one of the reasons that Disney purchased Pixar in the first place is because Pixar was doing something that nobody else was doing on the market at the time. They had innovated technology or, you know, innovative technology. They had innovated that space, uh, the CG space. They were able to pull a hat trick of creating lifeless, rubbery animation and marrying that to really great storytelling with multiple layers of meaning that skyrocketed Pixar to success, and rightly so. Now, since then, the company has moved away from that type of storytelling. They no longer have a hold of the recipe. They don't, uh, they've, 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 created a whole new recipe for how they make their movies 
And everything since has literally flopped when it comes to success, financial success. And part of the problem is when you're a company like Pixar, you're a company like uh, Marvel, and you <clears throat> start to create success, success can be your own, your own worst enemy. Because if you go from being mildly successful to hugely successful, then that's the expectation that is put on you. You are now expected, and wrongly so, by the way. It, it um, it's a sometimes it's it's something that is put on us by us, and sometimes it is uh, you know in this case it is something that is put on Pixar by the marketplace. And if Pixar, for example, had remained its own company and had never been absorbed by Disney, and it never went uh it to you know to trading to the to to um the stock market then it would have been able to retain its its purity of not having to um you know make sure that they are continually more and more and more and more successful to appease shareholders and and um and their board which, you know, looking, I understand why companies do it completely makes sense. Like the business end of it, the reason you would take your company and you would uh, subject it to the, uh, the stock market is so that you can get an, an infusion of cash to build what, you're, what you already have. You know, you might already have something that's great and you want to build on that greatness. So you need more people more technology more hardware more and you know that that that's what that provides and in return there is a promise that the the additional success that will come from these things that will be rewarded to the people that believed in the company by infusing it with cash but there is a double-edged sword to that that if you don't perform and you, you know, at a certain point, you get to a certain expectation where you're just constantly expected to perform it in that regard, it becomes the greed of, of the individuals and of society. And I say greed because, um, you know, once a company, uh, like everything plateaus and, uh, and in this current society we don't allow thing we don't allow for that you you are not allowed to just uh get to a certain height and then just stay there and be consistent that is that is considered stagnation you know and it's it, it's an awful way to function as a as a company which is exactly you know the things that we're seeing for example with disney um Disney right now, I, I wouldn't, I don't know that I would call it a free fall. I'm not a financial guy. I know that Disney is 53% down in its stock from 2021. I see it in my 401k. I know that it's a significant thing. Um, I, you know, I, I don't know. I, I, uh, I don't know what the answer is. I just know that companies can't continue to grow and grow and grow but going back to disney and pixar for example you know pixar had remained its own company 
and they had been able to achieve the success that they achieved, people would look at that. And if it wasn't part of the stock market, you know, every time a Pixar movie made 700 million, yeah, let's say 500 million, every time a 120 million Pixar movie made $500 million, people would be like, wow, that is amazing. Another success for Pixar. So then we take in the new rules. They make a movie for 120. They market it for 80 million. Now you're in for 80, 90. So now you're in for 200 million and the movie makes 500 million. Guess what? That's a success. They made money, right? Uh, but the way things currently are with media and and with expectations is, oh no, they you know they something must be wrong because they did not achieve an astronomically insane number uh, that we were expecting, like a billion dollars. So this is the point where I'm getting to is Marvel and Pixar start hitting a billion dollars on their properties. And now there's that expectation. And if the movie doesn't make that much, then it is a flop. That's insane. That is insanity. But they've put it on themselves and they've done that to themselves as well. Marvel has gone out of control with their spending and their returns have not been good. <clears throat> I've cataloged this before, or I've commented on this before rather, that Disney animation, Pixar animation, Lucasfilm, and Marvel, not a single property has hit a billion dollars in the last four to five years. And the problem is you have movies like Strange World, which was a gigantic flop. You've got the new Ant-Man 3, which was a gigantic flop. You have a Star Wars movie that ha there has been no Star Wars movie for four to five years. You know, it just... Um, and Disney plus is a gigantic flop. There's, there's a lot going on with the company and there is a lot of systemic failure that is happening with the company. So, you know, the parks are doing great. The apologists for the company would have you believe that the company overall is doing great and that they're putting out great content like She-Hulk, like Mandalorian uh, Season 3, like, uh, you know, the new, uh, the Marvels movie that will be coming out, and or Thor Love and Thunder, or, you know, these, these properties that are mediocre to bad. And, <clears throat> and people's, you know, just absolute desire to go to the mat for this company, rather than holding them to a standard and saying, Hey, slow down. We can wait. How about don't put out 800 Marvel movies a year with TV shows. How about go back to the two, two Marvel movies a year, but one out in the winter, but one out in the summer and put one show out in between or two shows out in between that somehow connect to those other two. And let's get back to good storytelling. Let's get back to, uh, the things that we love, but it's, it's not going to happen. And because the board and because, um, Iger are committed to this one direction, I can see six to six months to a year from now, you start to see the beginnings of, 
of uh, Disney selling things off. And here's what I'll say now. If in six months we get an announcement that National Geographic's ESPN or Hulu are being sold, let me tell you, don't be fooled that that was a last-minute decision that was made six months from now. If that happens in six months or a year, that decision is being made right now at this moment as you live and breathe. Right now, they are lining up the people that are going to make the purchase, and then in six months, they will announce it, and then it will be a done deal. So that is my prediction here. Uh, my other prediction is that one of the two animated uh, companies are going to get absorbed into one another. That I, I couldn't tell you which one. Um, yeah. So anyway, I'm, I'm hoping to have a, a Kenji minute in here as well. So um, I will leave you for now and then I will come back and close it out. All right, everybody, we're back with a Kenji. <laughs> Go ahead. <laughs> Shoot. Yeah, I, I was just uh, telling my buddy that I just ordered the, I pre-ordered the John Wick 4, which I'm I'm excited about because now I have all four steelbooks. Steelbooks. And uh, I'm debating on getting the... the No, no, I'm not debating. I don't know when I'm going to pull the trigger, but I got to pull it quick because you have the pre-order for the Spider... I don't know say Spider-Man. The Super Mario Brothers. They do. Oh, oh yeah, yeah, yeah. They have. And it's, like, oh, it's like the it's all black, and it's just like the mushroom, like the one up mushroom. Just oh, oh, that is cool. Yeah, and then um, and then the inside has like the the artwork and everything. Yeah. Oh, nice. So, and it's like thirty six bucks, I think. So it's gonna come out to like forty something bucks if I pre order it. Yeah, that's not bad. But John, John, yeah, John Wick was thirty one, so it came out to forty. Came out to like forty bucks. Yeah, that's not bad. No, that's pretty cheap because then they go up in price and. Those two movies are going to sell out exactly. fast. So I'm thinking I'm just going to pull the trigger and just reorder it right, right now too. Yeah, I just yeah, might as well. Because those are those are two good movies that I'm, I could rewatch. Oh yeah, easily. Well, you know, it's funny. Uh, speaking of that, I was talking about this uh, thing that 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 has been happening over the last couple of years. That is actually like, and you and I talked about this before, where uh, a streaming service will put out whatever the thing is. But then they'll pull it away and they'll take it away and then yeah. we don't have access to it anymore. Right. Which is just constantly reinforced my idea. Of like, like, man, why is it physical? Yeah. 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 Anastasia. Yeah. Well, Anastasia. Yeah. And that's the one I want. I was following like every movie. Yeah. Yeah. And, like uh, Disney uh, has loaned it to, I forgot who it was, but. That's one thing. The other thing is when they do retouches. I don't like that. No. Like, yeah. 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 Kenny sent me a, a, a an example of that where they went ahead and took lilo and stitch and whatever your personal my feel your personal feelings might be about this if you're a parent i just disagree with that on a fundamental level of like and i'll give my reasoning in a minute but what they did is they changed out a scene where lilo is hiding from her sister and she hides in a dryer yeah and then there's a wash and dryer next to it now they changed it so that she hides in a box yeah with a pizza box cover in front of it which makes zero sense that that box is next to the dryer, right? A and that and that her sister is able to get on top of the box and that it holds her weight, yeah. While she's you know hiding from Lilo while Lilo sees the coast is clear, yeah. It's a stupid move. Like yeah. if you don't if 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 you don't you're not Disney you're not promoting children hiding in a dryer yet because it's in a movie exactly. And parents, it's a hundred percent your responsibility to make sure that your child knows. That that is not safe and that is not a good hiding spot, quote unquote. 
you know, and and just it, yeah, it, yeah. So you guys can't see this, but I'm fist bumping. Um, that's right, that's right. <laughs> but changes like that that are made, like where they go back and they make significant alterations to a movie because of PC concerns, woke concerns, safety concerns, yeah. whatever that might be. Yeah, takes away from those artists that created that at the time. Yeah, and actually. It even goes back to what I was talking about when I, because I, I made, did like a little mini podcast before I got here mm -hmm. about the idea of like judging or changing the past based on the actions of the people at that time. Right. As opposed to taking it as a learning, yeah. like, hey, that was a bad thing to do then, learn from it. Exactly. So are they going to go back to like, let's say all of the old school Mickey Mouse, Donald Ducks, and do a quick little change that? I waste them. I think yeah. they might. I think they might. Think they'll do that? Here, pause for a second. Now, so speaking to that, what you were just saying, yeah. one thing that's happening right now that's all over Twitter is that they're taking back classic books and they're changing the words because there's stuff that is considered offensive. And, and here's the irony. Here, here's the ironic part. They're taking uh, George Orwell's, uh, a famous writer now, who wrote a book called 1984 that describes in the book the things that we're going through now in society right. about censorship, changing meaning yeah. and words of things. He writes it in the book. The, co the company that currently publishes a book yeah. is going to rewrite the book to, to take, take out parts from the book yeah. that, are, that are problematic. Right. The irony in that, the stupidity of that. That's pretty much, they're going to like when they started burning books. This is, oh, 100%. Yeah. Another way of doing it. 100%. Yeah. Yeah. It's whatever orthodoxy is in existence at the time, whether it's the church or whether it's secularism or whether it's some kind of political system, whatever it is, yeah. eventually it just all leads to like trying to control, right. you know, society and humanity in such a way. Oh, by the way, we're going to get canceled for this episode. But uh, <laughs> just so you know, <laughs> but yeah, it's, it's, it's absurd, man. It, it's, uh, and the crazy part, like, I don't believe the general population is stupid. I believe the general population is just severely uninformed. Oh, 100%. They just don't have time. Yes, that and, and as, I mean, it's also ignorance too. It's a lot of people just don't. Well, well, that's where the uninformed, but yeah, yeah. It, it ties in together. It's like people don't have enough time to educate themselves or to be educated and, and People used to rely on things like the news to yeah. give them that quick bit of information right. that would help them come to some decision. Yeah. And the news is so screwed up now. Oh, yeah. And like, I, I love those memes where they, they, they put all of the different newscasts and they're saying like that, like platforms or whatever are misinformation. But you, all these, all these news ones are saying the same thing. Oh, oh yeah. Yeah. They all get literally, they all get fed. And this has happened before. Actually, a few times mm -hmm. they've done that example mm -hmm. where they all give feds the same narrative yeah. talking point. So they all say it yeah. all the way down across the board and people have made super cuts yeah. and put those all together. Those, it's dude, it's frightening oh, that, exactly. that, that news organizations are, are that captured. And it's also crazy that like now you can get more real news from a podcast. Yeah. Like from someone who never went to school, never had journal, had, doesn't have journalism background or experience. And you're able to get like, more clear information from some guy that does that's not even his job like right. he's either a comedian or he's like some you know like he's a, just a good journalist a, a, but but how like it's yeah. crazy it's insane. i mean sadly i mean a lot of just because you don't have schooling you, 
like oh, that's probably I agree. I, I agree. I mean, look at look at art. Like yeah. art is a prime example. Yeah, like you can go get a degree, but yeah. that doesn't make you a good artist. Like, exactly. Yeah, it's experience. Yeah. It's life experience. Yeah, yeah for 100%. sure. You know, it's it's something I was talking about with my buddy Justin. Shout out to Justin. Um, Holstein. Uh, we were in the head. This is a guy you met at. Yeah. yeah. But uh, that, that's a thing that we were him and I were talking about. Um, oh man, no, no, wait. You're talking about a whole GPT. No, not that, not that. I'm sorry. No, now I'm trying to get. Oh no, no. You know what? My apologies, Justin. I was talking about important things. It was my brother-in-law, Dave. Oh. We were talking about. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> we were talking about uh, the system that used to exist in this country, in particular. I mean, the start out in 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 England for sure, like Europe. But the idea of mentorship, mm -hmm. where you take a young lawyer, you take a young artist, you take a young dad, exactly. and you take a young whatever. And you literally just accuse them with that singular purpose, right? And you get a an expert that comes out of that, you know. So, so they might not be like, like the uh, uh, in some regards, I understand the 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 school system, the attempt of what they were trying to do. They're trying to make well rounded people, right? Yeah, you know, they know math, English, science. But it's not for everybody. Not only is it not for everybody, I think what ended up happening is I think it just dilutes the uh, the person. Because one thing that I've discovered over time is that as I got, as I've gotten older, I go look for things that I'm interested in. Right. Where when I was younger, like I, I hated math and I hated, you know, I, there's certain subjects that I hated, yeah. but now my interests have, have grown and I'm like, oh, I want to go check that out. Like, right. under, I like under, understand English better and I want to write better. So I want to understand why there is, you know, semicolon and why they're like, why the different words and meanings and you know what with that word <laughs> yeah exactly so it's just yeah i think as you grow older at a up to a certain point i think you you do hit a a plateau where you do get so old that you're like i don't care about anything <laughs> <laughs> no but the thing is i i my mentality is i i always want to learn because that's what keeps you young it, like if you if you stop that then that you, you're you're stopping yourself yes and, Growing. And I totally get that's not everybody's mentality. Uh, it wasn't my grandmother's mentality, right. for example. You know, like, like I, like I said, when you get set in your ways, and then you're like, "This is it. Mm -hmm. I'm here." And and it happens with religious people. They 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 get up to a certain point, and then they're unwilling to keep asking questions, right? And and even uh, challenging their own points of view. Exactly. And that's one of the best things to do because then you. You're challenging them, and then it's going to reinforce you to be able to. Yeah, you're yeah. you refine your thinking. Yeah, yeah, uh, yeah, yeah. I agree. Yeah. So, yeah, it, it's interesting. But anyway, going back to the what, the original conversation with John Wick. So I finished. I finally, finally jumped on board. I finally started watching the John Wick lesson. <laughs> so I, I watched the. <laughs> but uh. I watched the first one with Kenny like over a year ago at his place back when we were in lock like COVID lockdown. And I knew you were learning that method because we were talking and you weren't really putting the attention. You, I, I think that 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 was. It. Yeah, but I, I want, but it did give me a, like a general impression. And then, uh, like I, for example, like uh, now that I watch part two, like as uh, spoilers, by the way, if I anything I describe might end up being the spoilers. So if you want, I got this Yeah, exactly. <laughs> And I love the way that it opened because it opened with just like intense, crazy action and <laughs> how it continues. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. And it was, uh, uh, I, I also love that they call him the Baba Yaga, <laughs> the boogeyman. <laughs> yeah. But, uh, yeah, like he gets 
rescuing this movie. And he's the guy you sent to kill the Baba Yaga. Oh, yeah, man. <laughs> but uh, yeah, it was it was cool. The, from the opening all the way through. Uh, I also really liked uh, the performance of uh, the the uh, the rapper guy, uh, Common. He's in the movie, and and uh, he's the one that's protecting the Italian uh, uh, girl. Oh, yes, yes. And he's like, hey, John. Hey. Having a good day? Unfortunately. And he just... Come up on the beauty jump that he takes off running and finds, like, they call them wards. Yeah. That was, that was dope. I love the, the train scene where he's like, uh, what, what did he say? When he's on, it's in your aorta. If you take it out, you're, you're, you're going to die. And then he says, and what he told him, right? Like, um, kind of like, 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 we're kind of like even. <laughs> yeah. Back the other way. I also really appreciated, like, like my brain at first, you know, the girl that they had, that, that, the, the one that's, uh, mute. Oh yeah, yeah. Okay. At first when I saw her, I'm like, nah, like I, I, my, my brain was like, nah, but one thing that I, I liked, and I don't know if this is like a camera trick, yeah. but I thought it was very, very smart. They made her super fast. Like, you know, they made her very, very quick. So I'm like, that is a good way to overwhelm and account for the fact that she's not physically as strong. Because actually, I think Keanu Reeves is like six foot two. Yeah. He's a big, he's a big dude. So it, it was a, a cool way to, to see him. You know, and this is why I can't wait to see now part three because afterwards you're gonna see like the the bonus features of especially for Halligary Halligary because um they show how because she's petite yeah and the jujitsu people and they wanted to sh um basically teach her how she can use her weight advantage for people that are big yeah, yeah, yeah. she does all these moves and you see her do repetitive moves because. Those are the moves that are going to help her out. Well, you even saw it with, with John Wick. Yeah. Like in John Wick 2, I saw him use Aikido a lot. Mm -hmm. Every time somebody would run up, he'd grab their hand, twist it, and then use a, a combination of judo yeah. to toss them on the ground and then roll in with them, put them into an arm bar while he shoots somebody out the point he takes care of the person. So I, I like, I, I, if somebody out there in there, it's called Kung Fu now, I mean, Gun Gun Fu, yeah. But if, if somebody out there, if that's their complaint, then you're not understanding like repetition work. Yeah. And in this case, the way that he's doing it, he's, he's dealing with multiple assailants at once, right. you know? And so he, it's gotta be like, if, if this works capturing and controlling the hand that has a gun, right. Then dude, that, that's what we gotta do. <laughs> yeah. We gotta do that. I also love the scene where, uh, him and, and common they're like on different levels okay. shoot at each other <laughs> that was awesome but uh and, and yeah there's a lot of like memorable i it's fresh in my mind because as he's watching yeah, at the same time like i love when they both get into that initial fight and they go through the glass of the uh of the uh oh the the, the version yeah the version of the continental in, in italy yeah and they have to stop the like you want to get a drink? <laughs> yeah, bourbon? Yeah. yeah. And then they have that conversation. That was cool. And I also like, I like that setup of that there's different safety zones right. throughout the world. Like, I, I couldn't appreciate when I first, when I saw the first one, I couldn't appreciate the mythology. But now I really like the mythology. I like this idea that all over, hidden amongst people, there's crazy hyper assassin, right? You know, like experts. That can be activated at any moment. <laughs> yeah, yeah, I, dude, I, I I love Lawrence Fishburne showing up because it, it's two Matrix brothers, right. you know. And 
I'm not sure if you caught that part too when they make a reference to the Matrix. Uh, when he's like, because uh, that's what he 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 asks us uh, when he gone last. The guy. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. I think they they add a lot, a, a few little Easter eggs. Yeah, like, yeah. I, I want to do a, a a John Wick breakdown. Mm -hmm. uh, going back to the first one, uh, you know, like I want to I want to go through it or whatever. Uh, maybe maybe that's something we could do together. Like, uh, you know, we can set aside like one Saturday a month or hundred percent. I'm, I'm and, you know, have, do a, a John Wick breakdown once I get to the fourth one. Yeah, you know, once I finish off the fourth one, then then we'll, we'll I, I can't wait for. I mean, you watch like these two are like I think the the top ones because from from everybody, I I love them all, but I think the second one is the one that people think is like the the. The weakest one from all of them. But I, I was the second one's the weakest yeah. one. Yeah. Wow. Exactly. It was the second dude. That was. I don't. I don't. Wait until you see the day. <laughs> that was the second one. Was crazy. I don't. I wish I'd seen all these in the movie theater. Like I was like, dang. Like this is it to me. Uh, part of the reason that I like it too is that the how it's moving forward makes sense. Mm -hmm. You know, even if it's fan fantastical, because like let's just say right now like they are superheroes you know like, it, like nobody can survive all of that but i like the i love the mythology actually yeah. and i'm excited for the the peacock series uh, i think nbc is putting out the uh, a thing specifically called the continental that explains why they're safe zones yeah. and why everybody like adheres to them i can't wait to see the fourth one because you're going to see how they're going to do that because uh in, in the ending of that it shows how they're going to continue it Oh, still, yeah, 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 I, yeah, I, oh, great, yeah, wait, this makes total sense why this franchise is, uh, is, is why they kept it going. Like it's a money-making machine. Right. Like it, it's, you know, not, not that it's cheap to make, but relatively to other like action movies, like superhero movies, this is a lot cheaper because there's so much less CG. Like all of it is, is wire work and, right. and and uh fighting uh choreography and so it just like makes it much simpler to uh budget wise right. to to me and then you just got to spend the money on the people and and actually the the people if you get the right like hands down one of my favorite uh people in the movie was the british guy that was giving him all the gun selections remember when uh, and that was another thing too i love the way part two did the montage when he gets to italy he goes to a, oh, let's get a stoop and he goes to get guns. He goes to like to get information. And the way they keep going back down, and that one dude like, sir, I would like to show you a new you know, like, yeah. Oh, that's an excellent Yeah, you know, like that dude was awesome. Yeah. I can't remember what that actor I've seen him in other things, but I like his voice. I like like yeah. like he would make a good alternative Jarvis, you know? Yeah. But uh um if if the fourth one is not I mean, are you gonna watch it on like at Holmes? Or if it's still movie theaters, by the time I, I, I finish the third, if it's still movie theaters, I'm going to watch it. Let me know. I don't mind me watching that one. Okay. Okay. Yeah. It's is, is that good. I prefer to watch it in movie theaters, just like Mario. Like, I, I want to watch those two. Like, I told you, I, I saw the dinosaur one, the the uh, 65, oh, and I wish I'd seen that one in movie theaters oh, instead okay. of at home. Just because there's a different experience, one, you know, that you yeah. get. Like, uh, as much as I enjoyed the... the and. And when I started watching John Wick 2, I was doing dishes. So I'm like, I don't need to look at my hands. So I was like, and I'm like, now I'm going to stop because I want to focus. So I just completely stopped and just focused entirely. And I was so glad that I, that I did. Because yeah. some movies you can, like, 
yeah, there's some movie like uh, Thor, Thor Part One. You can do other things, and you can look up and see your favorite parts. But you're like, eh, you know. And the thing is with this, because it's in always in a dark environment, you will miss something. Right? From your peripheral vision, you might not see it because it's not bright. Like I see, like even Part Three, uh, or Part Four. I, I mean, most John Wick movies are like, right? Yeah, actually, they are. Yeah, you're right because he, when he was going through the catacombs and then like all that, yeah, like yeah, dude. <laughs> Dude, that's so crazy when he's running through the crowd and he's like tap, 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 and then like and people are like don't have enough time to react to understand what's happening and then slowly like ah, everybody's ready to get up <laughs> yeah and that 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 sequence of him going through where he hid all of the different guns yeah that's a crazy because like you got to be able to make it to the next round the next spot yeah to grab the <laughs> next menu dude but it's like an awesome video. Yeah. And, uh, well, yeah. And, and I, I love like all uh, the little gimmicks, like, you know, they use coins for like gold coins. For, oh, yeah. Or the markers. Like, yeah. like if you owe something and it's all like through blood and you'll see some of the other stuff in the next one. I don't want to like spoil it. But all of that, I just, I, yeah, I, I want, like, I kind of want to get those like memorabilia. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. 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 I love the, the marker, the blood marker. Yeah. I love the way that looks. Yeah. Yeah. Like I didn't understand because it's in the little title when it's showing things here, yeah. and then you're like, "Oh, okay, you get it." Yeah. yeah. <laughs> and based on the cold coins that Wick has, <laughs> it's dude. That dude did a lot of missions because holy, because so I'm assuming he gets a coin every time he finishes a mission, right? Is that what it is? Because he literally got like the case that he puts back in berries yeah. has rows of them, yeah. and then he's got the second, the backup one yeah. that has like his gun and, and some of his passport. Yeah, he has like different areas. <laughs> <laughs> that fool is stacked. <laughs> yeah, it's yeah. crazy. I just got okay, you on board on it. <laughs> the, the other thing I kept thinking of is like, how angry is that society? That secret society? How angry will they get with him because? He's, he's he's clearing out the pool so the availability of, of of potential assassins like elite assassins he starts taking a ton of i mean no joke dude he must have killed a hundred of them you haven't watched the third one no so, <laughs> so you finish up where he's running right yeah yeah okay yeah but just in part two he's just like he's taking out so many elite not not even just henchmen not not the regular dudes that work for us i'm talking about like the, the the all the people that get get activated, yeah. those people are outside of the regular pool of your regular henchmen. Right. So the chick with the violin, the the chick that can't talk, uh, common, you know, like dude, yeah, that big sumo dude, like dude, he, like in that regard, I, if I were the secret society, I'd be like, you gotta stop killing her people, man. <laughs> I really can't wait to watch the third one. Man. It's just funny because I love the the Asian actor that comes in. And that was, and he's just funny, hilarious because he comes. Oh, I, can't, I don't want to say that. <laughs> yeah, yeah, that's what, yeah, yeah. This one, I won't let you spoil anything. I'm gonna, I'm gonna watch it all the way through. That's yeah. hilarious. All right, we're probably better. <laughs> so, this has been my Kenji minute talking John Wick. <laughs> and uh, I was late to the game, fam, but I'm there. I'm a wiki in that. <laughs> So, uh, I'm an apostle for, for John. <laughs> and with that, you know what? I'm going to cut it off. I think I've done enough time for this week. So I'll leave you like I always do. Thank you, brother Kenji, for adding on board. Got it. And, uh, guys, take your vitamins, drink your water, eat your vegetables. Love you. We'll talk to you later. Bye. <laughs>